Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Thistledown on Saturday, June 24th, 2023. This is show number 231, June 23rd, 2023. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, I understand you are in a tournament at Hawthorne tomorrow... You want to tell us a little bit about that tourney? Yeah, it's kind of unique. It's a invitational, so it's not open to everybody. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's good or bad, but they try to make sure it's a, a strong field, and they're going to live stream it on the Hawthorne YouTube channel, I think, Horse Racing Nation as well. I, Emily Gullickson and uh, Ed DeRosa will sort of host that, and um, this will be the fourth time they've had this contest. I won, I'm the defending champ, so I have to go back and defend my title this year. I finished second in the first inaugural contest, so I've had a lot of success in this format. It's a live bankroll, but it's not like the typical where you can go all in anytime you want in the contest. You have to bet an, a fixed amount of $250 in um, seven races, and then in the last race, you can bet you'll have at least $750 of your bankroll left, but you can bet as much as you want going into that last race. If you have more, you can bet more. But up until that last race, you can only bet $250. Most of the races are mandatory, but they last year they had one optional. This year they have three. So um, it's a little bit different kind of a format. Uh, you know, you can't just like go all in on an even money shot. And then if you win, go all in again on another even money shot. And then bet it all again on another even money shot kind of the way the the people have been successful in some of the live bankroll contests have done in in other tournaments like the bcbc uh that that approach won't work in this one so uh i like that um it's it's a little bit more of a, a strategy you have to apply but i'm looking forward to it i'm a lot of almost everybody in the contest i i know pretty well and so it should be a fun almost like a a little mini horse player reunion in Chicago. And um, so the Thistledown card that we're doing, it, will that be one that will the later races, like will you be doing California races? What What's uh, sort of the last race of, yeah, the, I of failed, the contest? I failed to mention it's on Sunday. So tomorrow, Saturday racing, there's a separate contest on Saturday. That's sort of the normal Hawthorne, uh, you have a $500 entry fee and you can bet it any way you want all in one race and any pool that they have that on Saturday, but the Hawthorne invitational contest, the one with the bigger prize money and the bigger bankroll that's on Sunday. And the yeah. contest contest ends with 
uh, an allowance race on the turf at Hawthorne, the seventh race at Hawthorne. That's the final race of the contest. And uh, you can play in the, the other races. I just found out the mandatory races, they're all over the place, you know, tracks like Woodbine and Belmont and Ellis. So they're all over. Um, but the final race is at Hawthorne. Okay, great. Well, I wish you and our guest luck in that contest. Yeah, we have quite a few um, past um, Sport of Kings guests will be there. So hopefully one of our alumnus or alumni, part of the alumni will come out with a title. Ideally, it will be the co-host. <laughs> if not, you know, hopefully one of our other friends of the, the broadcast will win it. Play in the Sport of Kings NHC qualifier starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC Tour members advance to round two, which is Breeders' Cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races. Two people will win a seat to the NHC, and the top 100 will get tour points. Join the NHC Tour before any monthly round one begins. If you join the tour, you could win up to 20 seats to the NHC in free contests. For only 50 bucks, it's the best deal in racing. If you sign up for the tour, use promo code SPORTOFKINGS so we get credit. If you haven't signed up for our free contest with free DRFPPs, go to sportofkings.net right now. Thank you and good luck. And we have a special returning guest. He was an editor on Public Handicapper for 10 plus years. He's qualified for the NHC two times. He'll be in the Hawthorne Invitational this Sunday. He's Henry Wessel. Henry, glad to see you again for the Ohio Derby card. Thanks. Glad to be back. Um, always fun to talk uh, races with you guys. All right. Let's get uh, down to business. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get right down to business. Um, uh, unless you have a question for Henry, Chris. No, I'm really anxious to get get on to this next race um, at Thistletowns. Yeah, this this thing this race is crying out for an analysis. It's the eighth race at Thistledown, <laughs> six furlongs on the dirt, purse of forty thousand one hundred dollars for Ohio Reds three year olds and up. Henry, what do you got for us? All right. So, uh, yes, uh, 10 Ohio breads that have never won more than three races. So we got that uh, to look forward to here. So um, looks like a lot of these uh, tend to face each other off and on. Um, I took a look um, at a number of them, but I ended up on the five horse Susie's kid who uh, makes uh, four start of the year. Looks like she's one of the few that's actually faced uh, open company in her, uh, two of her last three starts. Um, she's got a pretty decent record in the money, um, 16 for 27 in the money. Um, as with most of these, she doesn't win a lot because they're not winners of more than three. So um, she finished third in her last out, uh, was going a mile. Uh, that was an open company. She cuts back to six furlongs this time. Um, so at this distance, she's eight for 14 in the money. Uh, she looks like a decent price of six to one on the morning line. Um, so I think uh, that's who I'll go with in here, uh, Susie's kid, to um, make a mild upset uh, at the six to one uh, morning line price. 
Okay, her two wins uh, on the fast track are at the distance, so that's looking good for her. Chris, what do you got? Why well, I, I think Susie's kid makes sense for all the reasons Henry said. Does tend to come from behind, so I, in the money is probably m- much more likely than a win, but certainly could win this race, um, no doubt. I I went. It was pretty easy pick for me. I went with the seven Blazing Burrows, who's a little bigger price on the morning line, has the uh, golden pattern I like so much. He's came back in his first star as a four-year-old, ran pretty well. Um, now goes second off the layoff. I expect a really a big effort in here. Uh, he's pretty consistent, um, especially sprinting. The only downside with him really is he has a tendency to break poorly. Um, I'm hoping that uh, he can break a little more sharply for this. If so, I think he could be really tough. He should be a little placed a little more forwardly than Susie's kid, uh, which is kind of why I favor him. Plus, I think he'll be a little better price. So I wouldn't talk Henry off his pick, but um, I prefer the seven blazing burrows. I'm going to use both your horses. I do have a a slight reservation with Blazing Burrows carrying 123, but I am using them both. Uh, the horse that I'm picking on top, though, is the four horse Height, H I T E. He got down to a good number sprinting as a three year old. His workouts are slow coming into this, and he's uh, he's never really you know run that fast off a layoff. He's he's only done it once. But his debut was a, a, a solid effort. If he's developed as a four-year-old, he could run a good number. So, uh, and he's twenty-one morning line. Um, you know, his workouts look slow, but the trainer sometimes hits off the ninety-day layoff. And um, yeah, he he he'd be my top pick just because. The numbers say if he's improved, if he's developed as a four-year-old and he's ready, then he he could he could he could wire he he could win this race. Um, I wouldn't single him though. I would use a bunch more, including the two that you mentioned. But I would also use Zakaria. I, I, I'm really deep in this race. I'm, I'm slim later, but um, just for the record, I would also use Zakaria, Hoppy Gilmore, Victory Division. Elliot the Dragon and Team Lion Decker. Well, you kind of covered the whole field there, so I don't have much to add. <laughs> anything, anything, Henry? Um, I would just echo. I, I, I thought the two had a chance. He's uh, three for a lifetime. Trainer's got a high winning percentage. He also owns the horse. He's coming back after a long layoff, though. But he's got some fairly fast work. So I'd. Um, I wouldn't neglect the two, but, uh, you know, like I said before, my top pick would be the five, but the two, um, I thought also had a pretty good chance. And I will note that the four height looking at his past performances, he, he did beat, uh, blazing Burrows one race last year. So, you know, like I said earlier, these, uh, Ohio breads tend to, uh, face each other a lot of times. Yeah. The height, I definitely would consider, especially at the price. The trainer, though, off a long layoff. He's been off a lot more than 90 days. He's been off almost seven months. He's not that real real good off the layoff, and the works aren't that great. So I'm just – and he's cutting back. So I'm just thinking it might be more of a prep 
that he's not going to fire that race. He's the kind I'll, I'll be, you know, would love to play next time out. Um, but he could fire off the bench. You don't know. But he does seem like he's more of a router. And um, the barn typically doesn't send him out cranked up. But at the price, he certainly could do it. Um, that was my reservation on him and why I went with the seven. But uh, height would be the other one I'd consider besides the, the one you liked, Henry, and the one that I mentioned. So I think the three we all picked as our top plays, I wouldn't go any deeper than that in this race. That's probably where I would end it. Yeah, I mean, height did run second in his debut. So there's that to consider. It wasn't a fast number, but, you know, he was two-year-old, so... So anyway, you know, like I, I just I wouldn't want that horse to beat me. So we'll move on to the ninth race, which is the Daniel Stearns Cleveland Gold Cup. It's a mile and an eighth on dirt, first of seventy five thousand for Ohio bred three year olds. And Chris, your turn to get us started. Yeah, um for me. This was kind of between two horses. Neither one are a great price. Um, I just went with the six Trojan tail, the favorite. He's fast and he's shown he can get the distance. Um, and he's in good form right now. He's kind of obvious. Mike Maker trains. He'll get over bet. He's not a good win bet, but I just didn't see a good win bet in this race. And my second choice probably going to be the second favorite anyway. So. And has more question marks, so I'll, I'll just go with the stri- the six Trojan Tail in here. Uh, nothing clever. It's just not not a race where I, anything jumped out at me. Okay, Trojan Tail, two for four on faster, so he's got that going for him. Uh, Henry, what what are you thinking here? All right, this is somewhat of a unique race, as you have uh, six of the eight entering off of a mile and a 16th turf race. And now they're going a mile and a half on or mile and an eighth on dirt. So kind of an odd uh, series of Ohio bred races where they all change services and distances. So most of these, the first time they ever ran more than a mile was the last time they ran on the turf um, for the first time. So it's kind of a odd to think how they're going to switch back to the dirt. So I actually ended up with the other, Michael Maker horse, who wasn't in the race that most of these were last time. Hey, Eugene, the five horse. Um, he had shipped to New York, ran in the Paradise Creek uh, turf race at Belmont, uh, finished fourth, lost by 11 there. Um, he's had some decent work since then, shipped back to Keeneland. Um, his first two races at Oakland were on the dirt where he ran uh, pretty decent races, winning one of the two. Um, I think he... Um, might show the some speed in here. Um, like to switch back to the dirt. He may get overlooked because he wasn't uh, knocking heads with all these other horses. So I'll take the new new face among the Ohio breads here with Hey Eugene, the five horse at uh, four to one. And if he got close to seven to two, three to one, I think that would be a decent price considering the six Trojan tail will get that too. Okay, this is uh, this is a race where I'm gonna single. I really like Fair and Square. He was fast as a two-year-old, but never stretched out. Uh, he didn't run past August, so that kind of makes sense. He came back as a three-year-old and ran a lifetime best despite lunging from the gate. Then he went two turns on the turf for the first time in that race that everybody is coming out of. 
Uh, he ran a solid second. He was on the lead. Now he's set to improve significantly second time, two turns, which is often the case. He's two for two on Thistledown Dirt. His trainer, Timothy Ham is hitting at 20% at the meet. I love fair and square, and if I get three to one, uh, I'll be really happy with this as a single. Uh, that's not to diminish the, the, the chances of, I think the Trojan tail definitely has a shot. Um, but I just, I think value wise, you know, he's going to get, uh, he's going to get pounded. And I think the upside is with fair and square. So, uh, that's where I I'm seeking value in this pick five. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because the two horses you guys mentioned, I think, are the two alternatives to the one I picked. Um, it is interesting, though. Fair and square was like four to five in that last race, so I'm not sure how much of a price you'll get in here. He did get beat by Trojan Tail, but he did run second. So, I don't know. He uh, The price is a, is a little bit of question there. And the same with the one that Henry likes, Hey Eugene, shipping him from Belmont for Maker. It's supposed to have Loveberry on 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 board but i think lovebury's off his mountains tomorrow so i'm not sure who'll ride you know that horse definitely is dangerous it's just he is not bred to route but if anybody can get him to route it would be mike maker um but he's really not bred to be a router mile and an eighth is kind of stretching it with him i think but he could clear and so i mean i think again our top three is deep as you'd need to go in this race um and I'm not sure how they'll get bet. I'm not convinced Trojan Tail will be a big favorite in here. I do think Hey Eugene will take money, maybe even more than a stable mate, and Fair and Square will still get bet as well. He probably won't get as bet as heavily as Trojan Tail, but I don't think he'll be a big price. Um, what do you guys think about Paint the Town? Because uh, you know, if 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 it weren't for Fair and Square, Paint the Town would be my pick. And, you know, he, he got down to a couple of good numbers sprinting and then did that first time routing and turfing at the same time by painter with some distance uh, siblings uh, who, who did well routing. You guys don't like paint the town at five to one? Not at five to one, no. At ten to one, maybe. Okay. I don't like any of I don't like any of them at the prices. I don't think there's a bet in this race. Um, but yeah, you know, I five to one doesn't get me excited. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting because you know once the betting happens, you know, there could be some surprises, but uh, it won't really apply to the pick five. I guess you can look at the double prices, but um, you know, there something could actually happen. When they actually bet this race, there could be some value somewhere. We just yeah, don't know it, it, until then. Yeah, you would think this wouldn't be the kind of pool where the computer teams are going to be pounding, although maybe they will. They'll be bigger than normal. Um, so you should get, uh, you will get to look at the doubles and you could see if there's anything surprising, you know, who's getting bet. Because I'm not sure exactly how they're going to bet this. I don't play thistle down so i don't know i just don't have a feel for how they bet that track so and this is probably going to be an unusual day regardless all right well four stakes at thistle down definitely uh unusual we'll go to the 
the second stake of the day, and that is the 10th race, the George Lewis Memorial, mile and 16th on dirt, purse of 75000 for three-year-olds and up. Henry, what are you thinking here? All right, there's another race of Ohio breads here. They're really loading up on Ohio breads here today. Um, I think the favorite here, big truck, kind of stands out, but I, I tried to find an alternate at a, a little bit better price. Um, after going through a couple of them, I ended up on Relish the Ride, who um, made a nice winning uh, effort in his last at five and a half furlongs. He goes back to stretching out to a mile on the 16th. Um, he does like to win. He's six for six, six, six for 16. Um, trainer hits at a decent percentage. He's re- making his third start of the year, so he may be coming up to uh, one of his better races. And uh, just looking at the rest of the field, no one else really jumped out at me. Um, big truck looks like he'll be tough to beat, but I thought maybe Relish the Ride would uh, have a decent chance, and he may float up from his 5-1 to because I think big truck will definitely uh, – be lower than three to one on the morning line. So he might get a price if you can find anyone uh, that can beat big truck. Relish the ride. One of a uh, few horses by mobile, that Canadian horse who was pretty good uh, several years ago. Chris, where are you at? Well, this, I agree. Big trucks, the one to beat and he'll get bet. Um, but, you know, this kind of race, he's not invincible. I had, there were two horses I was debating between. I'm going to go with the 10, Dane Field. He's a seven-year-old. They give him the winner off every year. He hasn't been doing much racing lately. He only got two starts in last year. Um, but he is making his third start of the year this year, which is a good sign, I think. And his comeback effort was a good kind of prep sprinting on the synth, which he had never been on before. At least he hadn't been on in recent years. And um, his next start was on the turf, and it wasn't too bad. Um, it you know wasn't great, but it wasn't a bad effort. And now he comes back on the dirt where he's run his best races in the past. So... Uh, you know, third off the layoff, back on his favorite surface, second time routing. A uh, lot to like there, really, I think. And, you know, his numbers fit. And uh, the big question mark is the post. Um, so he hopefully will get uh, a bit of an aggressive ride early on. And if they can, you know, hustle him out, there is enough speed to kind of stretch the field out a bit. And I'm hoping he can drop in maybe in a two path in a stocking position and pull up the, pull off the upset at a possible big price. Okay. I am. He's, he's one of my horses and, and, and relish the ride I, is borderline. I, I can't decide whether to put him in, but I'll probably put him in. Just depends on the analysis of big truck who I did pick on top. I was going to go against big truck because he has he he tends to run these good two turn races in the mud or the wet, and he's much faster two turns than most of these. The only hesitation I have is that the best races have come on that wet, um, so it's really hard not to use him. And I also don't know what price he's going to be. I mean, sometimes he really gets pounded, um, so I, I I definitely would not want to u- single him. 
And I and I also, for the same reasons as Chris stated, I like Danefield. And then the other horse that I'm in, I'm sort of on the fence with, maybe I can still sneak him into my pick five without increasing the value since I, I am singling two horses. So, uh, so maybe I can get away with Relish the Ride. And he is five for nine at Thistledown. So, yeah, I'm going to throw him in there. Dang it. Let's uh, let's 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 influence each other, and and I'll, uh, that'll be Henry's influence on me is relish the ride. So, so I'll say big truck on for, on top, but I'll use Danefield and relish the ride. Henry, anything to add? I had one other horse, but I'll let you go before I talk. Yeah, about I, I had one other horse I thought had a a long shot chance, and I, and that's the four Shanghai Prince. I thought he. Um, he tends to show some early speed, and um, every once in a while, this trainer hits with a price. A lot of times down at Oakland, he'll have his uh, horses sent to the lead, and they just um, keep going when no one uh, chases them. So I thought the four-horse Shanghai Prince, if he, he gets out by himself, um, has a chance. He hasn't been this distance in a while, but um, sometimes when you get out in front and no one chases you, um, you don't necessarily stop. and Maybe he could hit um, at a big price if he gets a lone lead, but um, that'd be my long shot pick. I, I think it's unlikely he goes out by himself, but if he does, I think he's a threat to uh, take him all the way. Yeah, speed can always be dangerous. Uh, the other horse I liked at a price was the one firsthand justice. Um, he's making his fourth start of the year. He kind of... Uh, he was in really good form for a while and then he something went wrong and they laid him back up and he never really came back last fall and summer quite the same. They gave him another break and his, you know, he had kind of a, a preppy sprint off the bench and then his second start off the layoff was pretty good on sloppy track. Um, and then they tried him on the turf and he had a troubled trip and it was on the turf. Um, so I forgive that. So I think he's in a lot better form than it looks. And he might be sitting on the best race he's had in quite a while. And he could be a really big price. So, you know, he's 53 to one last time. And he ran ninth by 18. So he's 10 to one in the morning line, which is a little surprising. I guess it's a softer spot. But still, I would expect him to be higher than 10 to one. And, you know, draws the rail, has some tactical speed. I almost used him as my top pick. I was kind of torn between him and, and that the outside horse. Um, but this horse should get a good trip. He could really trip out from the rail behind the horse Henry mentioned and the uh, nine-horse romantic cowboy. I'm kind of expecting them to mix it up a little, keep the pace honest, if not fast. And he could maybe drop in somewhere not too far behind those horses on the rail and get a good really good trip so firsthand justice is a potential bomb play in here yeah i i tried to make a case for him because i i saw those uh those running lines that you did and i and i thought he's got some back numbers and he's got a win going two turns at thistledown in october of 2021 um but the trainer really has a pox on him right now. He's uh, he's 0 for 21 at the meet. He's just like I I I have a hard time taking him. But 
you're right. The price should be huge. So. So we'll move to the 11th. It's the Lady Jacqueline Stakes, a mile and an eighth purse of 250000 on dirt. Uh, Phillies and mares, three-year-olds and up. Chris, your turn to get us started this time. Yeah, it's finally a race with something other than Ohio Brits. So that was good. On the last two, we've got Open Company. Definitely uh, uh, you know, three or four orders of magnitude better horses in these last two races. Um, uh, you can make a case for three or four of them. Interstate Daydream is going to be the big favorite. Um, she certainly fits and figures, but she's not a layover in terms of the numbers. And so I, I'm looking for an alternative. There's sort of three to choose from. Um, I'll go with the biggest price of the three, I think, that are logical alternatives, and that's the six horse 63 caliber who got really good, uh, the end of last year, then uh, kind of ran a clunker in the mud at Houston, and they laid her up, and comeback race wasn't too great, but her last race, second off the layoff, was much improved over the prior few. And uh, so she's rounding into form. Looks like she's uh, ready to run uh, her best, maybe best ever. And her numbers, um, uh, any improvement off her best races uh, could win this and she's got a good rider and a good trainer so um and she may be fourth choice in here if you go off the morning line and you know not a lot of value but of of the main contenders i think maybe the best value the good thing about uh, this horse uh the trainer tom amos is hitting at 31 percent at thistledown um, the negative is that 63 caliber carries 124 along with interstate daydream. Henry, what are you thinking? All right. The horse I landed on here um, is number four, Lada Vida, who um, exits the same race as Misty Vale and interstate daydream, the last race at uh, Pimlico. Um, she was running late. She finished third by length. Um, she was eight to one that day. Um, making her first start off a layoff. She was off since March. She had run uh, pretty much every month from September to March of last year. So this is her second start off a layoff. She shipped back to Keeneland, has a few uh, pretty fast works. Um, I like the I like the jockey on this horse. He, he rides really infrequently, but when he does, he usually gives his horses a really good ride. So I'm surprised he doesn't get more mounts. I don't know what the whole story is. I, I know he rides pretty much exclusively for Correas. Um, but uh, coming in here at nine to two, I think there's enough speed in here that'll set up this horse's late kick. And I think has a chance to uh, turn the tables on interstate daydream. Um, so um, hopefully when Vincent Chaminade goes to Ohio, he only goes there to win. So we'll see if he can get it done at nine to two here. All right. Uh, I also am on Leda Vida who ran within a length of Interstate Daydream at equal weights, as did Misty Vale. I'm going to use those two now that they get six pounds from Interstate Daydream. That will be better prices. Uh, Leda Vida is the top pick, having run well at the distance and has a win and even has a win at a mile and a quarter. 
Uh, it's pretty pretty simple to me. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Interstate Daydream wins, but the price won't be worth it. So uh, I think it's a good 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 opportunity to go against the favorite. Yeah, La Da Vida is the kind of logical one to to go for if you're going to go past Interstate Daydream. She actually didn't have the greatest of trips. The the negative for her, she tends to come from pretty far back. Um, but if there is enough speed in here, that, that will help her. Um, other negative, I think, is she's going to be a strong second choice, I think. I mean, you know, Misty Vale in that last race was 20 to 1, and La Davida was 7 to 1. La Davida didn't have a great trip. Um, so I have a feeling she'll be pretty solid second choice behind Interstate Daydream in here. But if they pound Interstate Daydream down to three to five like they did last time, you might get five or six to one on La Vida. I mean, that's what I played her actually in her last race um, because they overbet Interstate Daydream by so much. It didn't work out because they, they kind of crawled up front and she had a little bit of trouble getting clear late. But she certainly could have won that race with a little better trip. Yeah, and I mean, Interstate Daydream had the perfect trip. I mean, had the lead in that race and like set pretty slow fractions, ran a mile in 136. I mean, she she couldn't have gotten a better trip, and she was carrying the same weight as the the two horses that almost caught her. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to go against Interstate Daydream. Yeah, I agree. I think it's kind of obvious, too. That's why I'm thinking they're going to, a lot of Vita, is gonna and she had the worst of it um versus misty vale um misty vale kind of had a really good trip too so you would think the sharper handicappers are all gonna be on la davida right i think because you know she was probably you know well, a different trip could have turned the tables interstate daydreaming maybe that happens in this race if you do get the nine to two i think that's pretty good i just am i'll be a little surprised but you never know. This is Thistle Downs and Interstate Dream. A daydream could get, you know, pounded down to three to five or two to five. And then all of a sudden, everybody looks pretty good, including La Davida. Um, is that your other horse? Is that another horse besides 63 caliber? Just uh... Yeah, La Davida would be the other one I like. Um, I don't like Misty Vale as much because I think she had just as good a trip or better last time than uh, Interstate Daydream. So, I mean, off of that race with between those three, I much prefer La Davida. But I think 63 caliber is the one who might get completely overlooked in here. It's just five to one on the morning line, but I think she could be twice that at post time. That's why I kind of went with the six more anticipation of the morning line, not, I mean, I'll be shocked if Interstate Daydream seven to two in here. She was three to five at Pimlico, right? So how is she going to be seven to two in here um, against the same horses, basically? So, you know, I, I think this morning line's really screwed up, but I just don't know enough about how they're, you know, how much of the money in this race is going to be the normal Thistle Downs money, or how many are there going to be a lot more people like us maybe playing than than normal. Um, but I, I, this is one where I think you got to watch the prices. Um, but if La Vida, you can get, you know, floats up above that nine to two, maybe 
that would be a good play at 63 caliber floats up at eight or 10 to one. Definitely could be a good play. I think. Yeah. The only thing on 63 caliber is you got to watch. You got a couple thousand owners that might be betting on the horse too. So that might um, affect the odds. Yeah, but it was the last two races. It's been it's been eleven to one and thirty one to one. Yeah, no, I know. So, I'm just saying, but I mean, I don't know how big the pool will be at Thistle, so maybe it'll have a more pronounced effect, or maybe people won't be playing Thistle at all. So, like you said, it's one to watch the board on because it could go could go either way on some of these odds here. Yeah, well, yeah. those thousands of owners bet the horse down to eleven to one in his last race and thirty one to one in his previous race, so. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about the thousands of owners. Yeah, I mean, if she had been being consistently bet, I'd agree. But I think, you know, she was in a, basically uh, a race that was just as tough as this in her last, and her form was terrible, and she was eleven to one. So, I don't know. I, I just think no, I can't no, but bet I mean, on all of them. Right? No, no. She she was odds on at Sam Houston though in a Grade Three, so. You know, I'm just saying you got to see what happens. You don't know really. Yeah, but she was coming in off a grade three win in that race, and she was on a win streak. I mean, she had won three in a row, five out of six. It's a completely different situation. And here you're going to have Interstate G-Dream, who got bet down to three to five in her last race, and the two horses she beat are in this race. So it's going to be kind of surprising if she's not close to three to five in here. Oh, yeah, right. I, no, I completely agree with that. I think there's no way she's less, she's not less than even so, money. So I mean, she's I, three to yeah. five. If she's three to five yeah. and Misty Vale and La Vida who ran two, three to her last time are in this race, how could 63 caliber not be, you know, 10 or 11 to one? It would be pretty hard. Pretty hard to envision that horse being anything close to five to one. And, you know, La Vida is the one I'm a little worried about because I do think Anybody who watches that race and kind of analyzes races will say La Vida is the one you want out of that that race at Pimlico. So I just don't know how much sharp money will be in the pools in, in this race. But it, that one is the one might get bet that she might be kind of a clearer second choice. But if not, she could be a good price, too. La Vida, possibly related to Inagata Vida. Let's move to the 12th race. It is the Ohio Derby grade three mile and eighth on dirt. Purse of 500,000 for three-year-olds. Henry, your turn to get started. All right. Um, I did take a look on the internet during one of the prior races and two fills. Um, Loveberry is off his mounts and it'll be ridden by uh, Gerard Corrales is going to ride two fills. So just an FYI on that. Um, Corrales on. Yes. Um, so this, um, it's an okay race, but you know, a couple of these look like they have no shot. So you're down to maybe three or four that have a shot. Um, two fills is probably the worthy favorite, but you know, he's been off a while. I don't know how he's going to come back and throw on another, I'm way against Lord miles. I don't think he has, um, offers any value if he's anywhere close to seven to two he's not worth it so i guess reluctantly not willing to pick a horse named that name with the same name with the same first name as me i'll go with bishop's bay instead of henry q i just think bishop's bay is lightly raced makes its fourth start 
exits the race where he lost, where he lost to the uh, Belmont winner. Um, in his debut, he built, he beat first mission who would have been a contender in the Preakness before the scratch. Um, I like Giroux on the horse. I think he comes in with a purpose here on a tox horse. So, um, has a nice 59 and two work. He's not going to offer a lot of value, but I don't think you're going to get, um, any of the longer prices. I don't think they have a chance in here. So I, I'll pick Bishop's Bay on top. Um, with the, with the caveat that I don't know, he's going to offer much value, but I think he has, um, a best chance to win in here. Okay. Bishop's Bay, uh, only loss to the Belmont winner. So, um, he was game just got beat. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, just in general, these summertime derbies, you know, that are, are all over every track has to have a derby in the summer and they all have pretty big purses like this. And they usually catch one or, you know, one horse from the Derby, the Kentucky Derby, uh, you know, one of the top three or maybe a, a next tier down. And I just always bet against those horses because they always get over bet. You know, two fills, a great example. He'll get hammered. I think, I think he'll get really pounded in here. He could win. And he's pretty good, but I mean, if you think about it, he hasn't really won a race on dirt. <laughs> That's any, you know, he hasn't beat anybody on the dirt yet. He did run second in the Derby. And, and I, I know people have given him a lot of credit for the trip because he was closer to the pace, but you know, the, the horses that ran well in the Derby haven't exactly distinguished themselves. You know, Mage got beat at a short price. Angel of Empire got beat at a short price. Uh, yeah, I so maybe two fills is all that. Um, but on on dirt, he hasn't really won a race of any note. So, you know, two fills, maybe he's gonna run two in here. And to me, Bishop's Bay has a great resume. Um, I think he's been really good and he's faced he hasn't been in a triple crown race, but he beat first mission, who would have been the Preakness second choice behind Mage, and he beat Arc uh, Archangel. What? <laughs> yeah, he beat the Belmont winner. I, I, I don't want to mess the name up. He beat the Belmont winner, and he didn't lose by much. I mean, he looked like he was going to win. He kind of pulled away, and then, then uh, he lost it late. But there was no. That was his first, you know, real test um, in you know going a mile and eighth. So. I, I think Bishop Bay is more likely to win than two fills, and he'll be much better price. He's not going to be a big price, but I do think he'll be some value. I mean, if you get five to two or three to one on him, you know, he stands out above everybody else, and I think he's better than two fills. So for me, especially in the pick five, you single Bishop's Bay and you get some value. And, um, you know, that, that if you can catch the other legs, you might get paid. Okay, well, he he basically stated exactly my argument. So it is a triple-barreled pick of Bishop's Bay. Uh, I have him as be being better value than two fills, um, and uh, you know, I I I wrote comments. I wrote comments on both the two fills and Bishop's Bay their last two races and. 
for Bishop's Bay, I wrote game, just got beat, galloped out well. Uh, in the previous race, uh, Bishop's Bay, uh, he overcame, you know, he was only second, but he overcame a CFR, closer favorability rating of three on racing flow, which means that he was an upgrade in his next race. Um, yeah, he, he, even though he got beat by Arcangelo, Ar- Arcangelo is obviously something special. So Bishop's Bay looks really good. Two fills, you know, he looks good too. It was a little bumping at the start of his race, but then otherwise he did get a perfect trip. I, I wrote he got a perfect trip, although close to a hot pace, galloped out well. Um, you know, he's totally fine, but I think that I agree with Chris. The value is in singling Bishop's Bay. So, so I'll be singling fair and square and Bishop's Bay and going a little deeper in, in all the other races for an affordable pick five. Anything to add, Henry? No, I think I, I agree with both of you guys. I mean, obviously, um, we all think Bishop's Bay is the uh, better value in here, and I think he projects to be the better horse, too. And um looks like um, we'll find out, but I really think it's, uh, it's, it's a two-horse race in there. Yeah, and I do think, you know, Interstate Daydream will get way over bet. So this is the one where you got these two races adjacent to each other. You know, this is where a daily double would be a good bet. Um, you know, if you can beat Interstate Daydream and um, two fills in here with like Bishop's Bay and La Davida or Bishop's Bay and 63 caliber, you know, play that double, those two with him, that could be a good bet. Um and that's that's the way I would play the pick five or any other picks. You know, you can beat those two big favorites at the end. You could even spread, you know, Scott was talking about spreading out in some of the prior races. You can almost afford to do that. I wouldn't be as spready, but still, you know, to me, the this pick five is all about beating two fills and interstate daydream. I think you can beat both of them. I, I really do believe that Bishop's Bay is more likely to win than two fills. And you'll get a lot of value out of that. And I do think that, you know, La da, Le da Vida and even Misty Vale and 63 Caliber all are just about as likely to win as Interstate Daydream. So the com- combination of those, you know, definitely I think she could be beat. So that's the way I would focus your pick five. Or, and, and don't just play the pick five. You know, if you like a horse to win, you can play him to win. You can play the doubles. You could play, um, you know, other other play other ways. But to me, this, what I really like about this sequence is these last two races, I think these are races where you can beat the favorite. And when you can beat the heavy favorites like that, especially in adjacent races, you, you don't have to get real cute with your handicapping opinion beyond that um, to make a score. Yeah, I mean, I'm eight deep in the first leg, and my pick five play is going to cost me 24 bucks. So, you know, there, there's value. Now, of course, Interstate Daydream could smash that, um, but, you know, I'm risking 24 for a pretty good payoff. So I feel pretty good about the play. Yeah, and you can't be afraid to lose the, a pick five bet. I mean, so if Interstate Daydream wins, it's probably not going to pay a whole lot. But if she, if you can beat Interstate Daydream and two fills, there's a chance you could get a decent payout out of out of this pick five. 
All right. Uh, do you gentlemen have any other <laughs> spot plays on this card or uh, elsewhere? <laughs> I, I don't have any other spot plays on the Thistleton card, but um, I don't have anything specific. I will say it, it's been Royal Ascot week. Uh, it's kind of been a frustrating week on the betting side for me, but uh, tomorrow uh, there's a sprint race, the Queens Jubilee race. I think it's the third race. Even if you don't bet it, it's worth a watch. They got horses coming from Hong Kong, Australia. Big invasion from the USA is coming. Wellington from Hong Kong. I think it's Arturius from Australia. So it's got sprinters from everywhere. It's six for a long straight. Um, if you like anybody in there, you're going to get a good price because no one stands out. Um, it's on NBC tomorrow morning. It, it, of all the races, that's probably the highest quality race tomorrow to watch. Um, anywhere in the world with the top sprinters meeting. So it should be a fun race to watch if not. And if you catch a ticket, that's great too. But uh, it, it's, it's a monster race of sprinters to watch tomorrow. Or what, how can you watch it? Cause it's confusing to me uh, on how you can. Well, no, it's actually on main NBC tomorrow morning. So All right. you can actually watch it on a real network with real pictures and hopefully, um, they don't cut off the bottom portion of the uh, rail ride like TVG does with their banners to bet on the Royals and the Phillies or something where you can't even see the horse uh, horses running underneath the banner at the finish line. So you can't even see the finisher. <laughs> so it's, it's been a miserable week for coverage. It's just been, the whole thing is a mess um, between trying to get past performances, trying to see the race. It's amazing how they take the biggest meat and make it, a miserable experience on the customer side, but that's kind of horse racing these days. But they do talk a lot about hats and, and including top hats and fascinators. Yeah. So you, know, yeah. you well, have that. <laughs> right. Well, right. The mute button is your friend, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of talk about hats. <laughs> like, like my daughter says, she said, she said, all those guys look like the the banker on Monopoly. <laughs> right, exactly. Or or like the Mr. Peanut guy. Yeah. Right. Right. The uh, the worst line this week was when they show the race and you can't see the finish because it's obscured by the banner, and the commentator says, "Well, you can't see it at home, but we can see it here." So they acknowledge that you can't see the race, but they still present it that way. It's just it's amazing. But that's my rant for the day. But um, as someone that tries to bet international races a lot, normally you can actually get pretty decent coverage just watching on the internet. But when they put a big meet on, they tend to screw it up because all they talk about is the fashion and the hats and stuff like that. So it's it's very weird. So you didn't even make a pick in that Queen's Jubilee, Henry? No, I mean, I, 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 I... I've been betting Wellington for years in Hong Kong. He's faced, he's lost to the best sprinter in Hong Kong like three or four times in a row. Who, if the horse he lost to, Lucky Suenas, was there, he'd be, he'd be one to two. So I, I think he's got a big chance. Ryan Moore rides him. He's ridden him before in Hong Kong. Um, so it, I think if if he's anywhere between five and ten to one, he's the play in there. But uh, it, it's a wide open race. Big invasion. Um, he, I, I, I don't know who's riding him. It's not Rosario. He's not in England anymore. It's a European jockey riding him for Clement. He's the big turf sprinter that closed to, uh, Caravelle the other week on Belmont day. So yeah, he's I, 20 to one morning line. Cost me. 
Yeah. So he, I think he has a chance just, I mean, you're, you're going to get a price, whoever you like there. It's a really good race. Jay Crowley uh, is the rider. That. Jay Crowley. Yeah, yeah, Jim Crowley. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He was my pick against Caravel. He didn't really have much of a chance to to win, no. but he ran good. Um, yeah. he didn't get a great trip, but Rosario hasn't been smoking hot here lately. So who knows? No. I I don't know if he can beat the Euro sprinters, but um, and he's coming back pretty quick, especially shipping over there because it wasn't that long. Yeah, it, yeah. It's interesting they sent him over there. So. Um, like I said, there's just a lot of runners in there that, you know, should be a fascinating race. Hopefully it's, uh, it's a fun race to watch. Well, I'll be on the plane, but maybe they'll have NBC sports on the plane. We'll see. Um, I'll try to watch that. Uh, yeah, because, uh, it, it's been, um, I've been trying to watch it on TVG. Uh, like you said, it's, it's been, it's kind of a hard watch, but I, I've oh, been it, watching it, some of it this week. Yeah, it, it's been, yeah. All right. It's been a challenge. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to focus my, yeah, I'll be focusing on Sunday at at uh, the tracks for the contest anyway. So, all right. Well, well, good luck in the contest, boys. And I'd like to thank our guest, Henry Wessel. Henry, thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks for having me. Have a good weekend. Best of luck to both of you guys, too. All right, that will conclude show number 231 of the Sword of Kings pod. Good luck at Thistledown and wherever else you play. Please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. I'll see you on Sword of Kings. Cheers. Giddy up.